Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for meditation this morning is found in Luke 15, verses 1 through 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not lead the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So far, God's holy word. In the name of him who is our good shepherd who seeks out the lost, dear fellow redeemed. The Pacific Theater during World War II gave the Allies many seemingly insurmountable challenges. One of these was a prison camp near Cabanatuan City. This is where many American and Filipino prisoners of war were held following the harrowing Bataan Death March. As war against Japan raged on, the prisoners feared that they would be executed by their captors before General MacArthur could liberate them when he retook the island. And this is where the Sixth Army comes in. Leaders of the Sixth Army and Filipino guerrillas came up with a plan to send a small force of 100 rangers and scouts and 200 guerrillas behind enemy lines to liberate the camp. The mission seemed like a suicide mission. The scouts were unable to pass on a detailed description of the lay of the camp due to the heavy Japanese military presence in the area. Nevertheless, at the expense of their own safety, this group of rangers, under the cover of darkness, infiltrated the camp, surprised and overwhelmed the Japanese guards, and they freed over 500 prisoners, bringing them back safely to Allied territory. The Allies only suffered two casualties during this raid, and this is considered to be one of the bravest recovery efforts of all time. This rescue mission is a perfect example of the U.S. military's principle, no man left behind. This is the same attitude that Jesus talks about in our text for today. His attitude towards sinners is also no man left behind. Scripture is clear that God wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Even more than the brave soldiers who went on this dangerous rescue mission during World War II, Jesus embarked on an even deadlier mission to deliver all mankind from the enemies of sin and death. 
Jesus uses two parables to illustrate his points. To illustrate to the scribes and Pharisees how great God's love is to lost sinners. And so our theme for this morning is God's love knows no bounds in whom it seeks and in how it seeks. Jesus often used exaggeration to illustrate his points. He does the same thing here with these two parables. In the first parable, we see a shepherd who has 100 sheep and one goes missing. And Jesus asks the question, well, wouldn't any of you leave the 99 behind and go seek after that one sheep? Jesus is expecting the answer yes. But in reality, that is not what most people would do. No shepherd would want to risk their life to go out into the dangerous, barren, and cliff-ridden wilderness to seek one sheep that ran away. The sheep is lost in the Judean wilderness. There are countless caves that it could be hiding in. It could have fallen off a cliff, or a predator could have eaten it by now. The likelihood of finding the sheep is next to zero. And most shepherds would not even bother to go after it. They would simply count it as good as gone and be content that they still have the 99 sheep to bring home. But that is not what this shepherd does. This shepherd leaves the 99 behind in the open country, not even in an enclosed pen, in order to find this one lost sheep. Now the scribes and Pharisees had to have been thinking that this shepherd was so foolish and he shouldn't have left the 99 behind. But the shepherd does. And he finds the sheep and he places the sheep on his shoulders so that it can rest its weary legs. He brings it home to where there is great rejoicing with his neighbors because he found this one sheep that was lost. A highly improbable rescue mission turned successful. And Jesus makes it clear the point he is making with this parable in verse 7. Just so I tell you, there will be one more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. The lost sheep is like someone who wanders away from the flock of God. It is a sinner that despises that gift of salvation that God offers him and he goes into the wilderness to follow his own path, his own desires. The longer the sheep is lost in the wilderness, the greater the chance is that it will die. So also the longer a sinner dwells in a sin, rejecting God's forgiveness, the greater chance that he will die in his sin and be lost eternally. Is it worth it? If you were the shepherd, would you risk your life to seek the one that despises the way of the righteous? It really doesn't seem like it's worth it. But Jesus says it is. Jesus is that shepherd who goes after the lost sheep. He does not give up because it is difficult or because there might be obstacles in his way. His love for the sheep is too great to think it's not worth it. His love for the sinner is too great to say they aren't worth it. He proved this when he sacrificed his own life for a whole world full of sinners. Isaiah says, All we like sheep have gone astray. 
we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus showed that any and every sinner is worth the effort, and he was willing to pay the ultimate price. There once was a sheep, a merino sheep, named Shrek in New Zealand. In 2004, he ran away from his herd, managed to survive for six years, hiding away in the New Zealand mountains. When they finally found Shrek, he was unrecognizable because his wool was so overgrown. If you were like Shrek the sheep and you wandered away from God's flock for six years or even more, wouldn't you want someone to come seek you out? Wouldn't you want to know that the Savior's love extends even over you and washes your sins away? Of course you would. Especially when you hear the sweet peace and joy that you will have as a member of God's flock. This is the attitude Jesus has towards all sinners. And it is the attitude that he wants us to have to our fellow man. It does not matter who it is. Jesus wants us to seek them out with his word to bring them back to the flock where there is great rejoicing. To Jesus, it did not matter if you have been a Christian your whole life and you wandered away late in life, or if you never knew who Jesus was and lived a life totally against God's commandments. His love remains the same. He is still going to be that shepherd that searches you out to find you and bring you into his fold. To illustrate his point even further, Jesus tells another parable about a woman who had ten coins. Now these coins were worth about a day's wage. To lose one was not the end of the world, but it also wasn't a good thing either. She still had nine coins, and it wouldn't really be worth taking a day off of work in order to look for this one little coin. But that's exactly what she does. The coin is so precious to her that she not only lights a lamp in order to help her search, but she sweeps out her entire house. She quite literally leaves no stone unturned. She diligently sweeps away dust and debris until she finally finds her lost coin. And what does she do next? She throws a party because she found her one coin that was lost. This makes no sense at all. She takes off a day of work to find a coin that is worth about a day's wage. And then she turns, she turns around and throws a party with her neighbors to celebrate the finding of this one coin. But once again, Jesus tells us what his point is in verse 10. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This coin is like how all people are by nature, inanimate, collecting dust, with no hope of aiding in any way to be saved. Have you ever decided to clean out underneath a cabinet or your bed, and you happen to come across some loose change? It's a nice surprise, but oftentimes the coins are covered in dust. And a lot of times it's so covered with dust that you can't even tell if you have a penny, a nickel, a dime, or a quarter. 
Such is the case with sin. The longer mankind sits in his natural state, the more dust he collects and the less likely it is that he is found. But Jesus is like that woman who diligently searches her whole house until she finds that one lost coin. God has given all people a time of grace. And Jesus uses that time to diligently search out for sinners to bring them to repentance. He does not give up. Consider Jesus' actions towards the scribes and Pharisees. Despite constant animosity from them, Jesus continually tried to get them to repent. Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus. And yet, even in the end, Jesus tried to get him to repent. Even when Jesus was facing death on the cross, he cried out to his heavenly Father, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Whether it is in the face of opposition, or in the face of betrayal, or even in the face of death, our dear Savior continued to search out for lost sinners. And he expects the same thing for us. Jesus prayed to his Father in John 17, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will receive me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Jesus has given to us, his church, the message to reach the lost. He desires that all may be one with the Father and know Jesus and be saved. This is our mission on earth, to show the world God's love extends even over them. God's love knows no bounds. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Jesus has done the hard part. He died for the sins of the whole world, reconciling the world to himself. And now he has given us that message of reconciliation to reach both those who are lost from the flock of God and those who are sitting in the dust of their sinful nature. That rescue mission by the Sixth Army has come to be known as the Great Raid. But imagine if the leaders of the Sixth Army decided those prisoners of war were not worth it. Imagine if they said that they didn't want to face a backlash of public opinion if they failed. What if the soldiers felt that the Japanese presence was too great and they didn't want to search diligently for a way in? What would have happened to them? What if it was decided that you weren't worth it. Thankfully, 
we don't have to imagine what would have happened. We know what did happen. The Sixth Army set up a plan, executed the plan, and it was successful. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, set up a plan, executed that plan, and was successful. It didn't matter how bad you were or how bad anyone else is. Jesus wants to seek them out in order to save them. And Jesus shows how he is a good shepherd in that he is diligent in how he seeks them out. He does not go through the motions, but he set the standard for reaching lost sinners by going to the cross for them. He sacrifices life so that they may believe in him for salvation. And now you and I are given the same duty. God wants us to reach those who are lost, both those from our own midst, but also those who have never heard the blessed gospel message. Now why should we even bother? Is it worth it? Well, we should bother because this is exactly what Jesus did for you and me. God's love knows no bounds. He sought you and me out when we were disgusting sinners. And he continues to search us out and call us back when we wander. Yes, God's love knows no bounds. In whom it seeks and in how it seeks. And may the Lord bless our efforts to reach those who are lost, to bring them to salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.